136 of the Everything is Awful podcast. He's Thomas Todd. He's Danny Zarchi. And we are Giants fans for some reason. Now, Thomas, this has been a long time coming. Uh, we last podcasted on June 2nd. Now, do you want to tell the, tell the viewers what's happened since June 2nd, 2016? Uh, the Giants lost to the Cubs in the playoffs. Yeah, that was fun. Um, the new season started and is fastly ending. Yes. And we, uh, we're back. We're back because we, we love the misery. We want to be here in your time of need. And we actually got our shit together to come together and record a podcast. Which came first, the panic or the misery? <sighs> well, panic is one of the few bright spots on the team. Now, let me tell you, I'm just let's. Let's back up a little bit. So, Thomas, how, how have you been? I've been good, man. I, I moved to Southern California. I now live in Goleta, California, which no one has ever heard of. It's next to Santa Barbara. Um, so that's what's going on with me. Great. Uh, I've been good. I am uh, working for a new law firm in Walnut Creek. I live in Oakland. I have a, I have a cat. He's great. And we're done. Let's... Uh... <laughs> No, and you're a Seattle Mariners fan now, so we should do the Mariners pod. Nah, that's... How are they doing? They're... I have absolutely no idea. I know that they're doing better than the Giants, because everyone is doing better than the Giants. Well, I know, I know your cat is a big Mariners fan. My cat is a big Mariners fan. But this is not, not Cat Pod. That's on next week. Um, we're here to talk about the Giants. The Giants suck. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done a pod. We, didn't, we missed all of spring training. We missed the beginning of the season. So we'll just do a 2017 catch-up, see what's been going on, see why we're so miserable, and how we're going to continue to be miserable going forward. So, uh, yeah, let's start off. The the spring training, the big storyline was fifth starter. Would it be Matt Cain? Would it be Ty Block? Matt Cain obviously has this huge contract that he's in the last year of. Ty Block was the exciting rookie who had a really good uh, September last year. It ended up going to our old friend Matt Cain, and uh, let me tell you, he's one of the few good players on this team. Yeah, I know Matt Cain has always had a huge difference between his ERA and his FIP, which uh, he propelled himself forward despite having a terrible FIP for much of his career. And but his if you ex-fip. look FIP, and his ex-FIP. But if you look at it this year, he's he's one and zero, the three three one ERA, but he has a five point two seven FIP. So it's expected that he's going to regress back to where he's been the last couple of seasons, which is the high fours uh, in ERA with limited success. So what you're saying is that he's the best uh, healthy starting pitcher on this team? For now. So, But, would you, but here's a question. Yeah. So, so take Jeff Samarja, who after today's terrible performance and getting swept by the Rockies for the first time at Coors since 2002, uh, is now 0-4 with a 6.16 ERA. But... Samarja has a 4.20 FIP. Who do you trust more going forward, Samarja or King? I mean, it has to be Samarja. He's getting strikeouts. He's not walking everyone in sight, you know. And I've I've watched all of Kane's starts closely this year, and it's kind of no different from what we've seen before in the post awesome Kane era. He, what will often happen is he'll look terrible out of the gate. He'll you know, I actually went to one, one of his most recent start, and he well, gave up a leadoff triple to A.J. Pollock, gave up a sack fly, and then I think he walked three, two or three in a row. Uh, you know, he's sitting 88 with his fastball. He had something like 28 pitches in the first 
inning. And then he settled down and was great. And, you know, at one point he struck out like six of nine guys, and I think he allowed, I mean, he allowed very little the rest of the time. So I think what you're looking for is that Matt Cain will, hopefully more often than not, keep, keep the Giants competitive in the game into the fifth or sixth inning. That's, you know, that would be great. But that's not what we're hoping for out of a guy like Jeff Samarja, who we signed to a big contract, and who we yeah, still think you know has the tools to be an above-average pitcher. I was fan baiting you. I thought you you're always the Giants devotee. You're the the guy with the longest memory and the and the, the longest amount of time it takes you to give up on a player. So I thought you might say Matt Cain. No, I, I I'm hoping that Matt Cain. I think Matt Cain can be crafty you know and he can be he can get by with substantially reduced stuff uh because he never really relied on that he relied on pinpoint location and he relied on playing in a really good ballpark with a good defense and he still has both he still has those um and the game i was just talking about when he was sitting 88 with his fastball he did get up to 90 91 uh, you know, in the middle innings, which is a lot better than 88. So I think that he can be a decent pitcher. I just, I really, I, I'm given, I've given up on the fact that his, uh, his days of being, you know, the, the horse, the ace, whatever, are behind him. Yeah, he's not a $21 million a year pitcher anymore. Someone who is possibly more than $21 million per year uh, is Madison Bumgarner. And we are just hugely disappointed that he's going to be out for a significant portion of the season after his dirt bike dirt bike, dirt bike accident. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this, was, this was a fun story. I was out to lunch. I was not looking at my phone. And I uh, get out of lunch, look down at my phone. And I have you know texts or messages from a few different people saying, a dirt bike? Question mark, question mark, question mark, or... Oh, this is uh, Matt. This is Bumgarner's first DL stint, and it's like, what the hell happened, you know? And the answer is, I still don't really know what happened. Well, nobody does. I mean, we still don't know what happened to Jeff Kent in what 2002. <laughs> you know, he claims he slipped while washing his truck. He probably fell off a motorcycle and broke his wrist. Like we don't know. Wasn't? Didn't it come out that he was popping wheelies on the freeway? He'll never admit it. <laughs> That's what I was reading. I was reading our friend Henry Schulman today, and he brought that up as a comparison and says, you know, Jeff Kent still won't admit what most likely happened, which was a motorcycle accident. Yeah. So this seems very much in line with who, what we know about Madison Bumgarner as a person. He's very adventurous and outdoorsy and, you know, doesn't like to be told what to do. So he did the thing he probably shouldn't have done. Well, you know, what, what Matt Kane, uh, what. What, what Madison Bumgarner does on his days off is anybody's guess. Yeah, that's true. I no. mean, he he voluntarily rode a horse around AT and T Park. No, I, uh, what I was specifically referencing is this stupid Ford commercial, which has been showing in every single commercial break for all season. <laughs> and have you heard? Have you heard about this? Um, they, you know, and it shows uh, this big Ford truck driving through the mud, and you see dirt bikes. And then Bumgarner gets out, and, you know, he's the manly man in the blue jeans and with the, the big truck. And, and it's like, I mean, it's specifically alluding to the fact that he does stuff like dirt biking on his days off. And this has been out all month. And now it's just a, it's hard to see that after we found out what happened to him. 
Well, yeah, but it's it's like, were you shocked when you found out he was in an accident? Oh, of I course wasn't. not. I'm surprised he wasn't bold or bored by a bull, you know, or anything he could have done. Yeah. So, uh, so they called up. Uh, well, Ty Block is coming into the rotation. They called up Chris Stratton to replace Block in the ro- in the uh, bullpen because they they need a new uh, long relief guy. Chris Stratton is an interesting guy, uh, and if you saw him pitch yesterday, he looked fantastic. Wait, Danny, you're already moving on to the to the roster move. Are we not going to excoriate Madison Bumgarner for his behavior? I mean, what else is there to be said? They're saying, um, what, six to eight weeks? Uh, potentially more. Potentially more, you know. Maybe he, if there's a chance he pretend he, I'm not saying this based on any evidence, but of course, anytime he hurts your shoulder, there's a chance it severely impacts your effectiveness in your career. It sucks. It's terrible. I, Where, where's your Twitter outrage? You know, he probably feels stupid enough. I, I don't know. I, I can't really bring myself to be mad at him over it besides this initial thing. Well, and we have to talk about, obviously, his contract coming up. He's got two team options that um, are had performance-based vesting options, uh, but they're not going to vest now because he's not going to meet the minimum innings requirement for either year option to vest. So the Giants will have him for $12 million each of the next two seasons. And then have to renegotiate or negotiate a long-term contract, which they were expecting to do before this contract came up. Yeah, I mean, they would have they would have uh, exercised the options anyway. So yeah, but they were definitely going to work an extension this year or next year because they don't want to go to free agency with Madison Bumgarner. That's silly. Right. I just mean that the vesting part of it probably doesn't actually have any effect. Um, But no, it's certainly. You know, you know, you have to wonder, are the Giants going to be worried? Like, well, you know, with any long-term pitcher contract, you're worried they're going to get hurt. Are you also worried that he's just going to be an idiot and, uh, you know, drive his motorcycle into a, into a wall next time? I mean, do you think that this is something that they take into account? Is this, let me put it another way. Is this like when they were, when the Giants were worried about Pablo Sandoval's weight? And they had to work in some sort of protection against that? Yeah, I think his next contract will definitely have uh, an extreme sports clause in it. Um, The way the collective bargaining agreement is set up with Major League Baseball and the Players Union, they're already not allowed to participate in boxing, wrestling, hockey, um, any of these sorts of contact sports that could cause them injury. Um, So I think the Giants will definitely take that a step further and include dirt biking, um, equestrian, dressage, whatever... (laughs) ranch-related activity that Mad Bum wants to be involved in. You have to wonder, though, is he going to accept any of that? You know, uh, uh, dirt biking, as as for somebody who does not go dirt biking very often, I can say that I wouldn't mind signing a contract that wouldn't allow me to go dirt biking. But Danny, I, I want you to sign that contract right now because I do <laughs> not want to see you on a dirt bike. But you have to wonder, like, Bumgarner has a ranch. He loves riding horses and roping cattle. and Danny, when's the last time you were on a regular bike? Uh, like a bicycle? Yeah. Uh, not not recently enough. I should do that. <laughs> I, I drive to work. But the question, don't don't let our friend Cynthia hear that. Um, the question, though, is will he sign a contract that says he can't ride his horses? I mean, he's not going to do that. 
That's a think, that's a big part of his life and what he enjoys. Yeah, I think riding horses is not going to be part of it, but I do think ATV, dirt bike, dune buggy, that kind of stuff needs to be in there. Yeah, I mean, which you know, kind of begs brings up a whole nother point of like, how do we feel about? Is it the kind of thing that we're just like, yeah, this is part of it? That if you're make your money based on your physical ability, that you just need to not do it until you're 40 and then you can do it as much as you want or is it kind of not fair to these young able-bodied men that they uh, can't do the things they want to do well most of my work revolves around my face so i've got (laughs) a lot of things in my contract with woodstock's pizza that protect you know the things that could injure my face i can't play tennis um you know i can't go near hydrochloric acid or Sure. You know, do do any chemistry experiments just because this is the money maker. Well, the hydrochloric acid uh, clause is a key part of most employment contracts. But yes. <laughs> anyway, do you have anything else to say about Bumgarner? We're you know we're hoping he he's comes back and he's fine. He probably voted for Trump. I'm saying all I'm saying is he better be because the Giants are nowhere without the two headed monster that is Mad Bum Equato. So let's. Now let's go back to the thing that you bumped me off of before. Uh, Ty Block into the rotation. Chris Stratton called up to reinforce the bullpen. Um, Stratton looked really good in the one game he's pitched in so far, unless he pitched yesterday, today. I, 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 for my mental health, I didn't watch today's game. Danny, it was really hard to watch yesterday and today's games. I, they were both give-ups for me. There just came a point when I knew they weren't going to score six runs on the Rockies. So NBA playoffs, here we came. Yeah, no, that was that was where I was yesterday. I watched a big, a long part of yesterday's Giants game, and then I went went to the Warriors and didn't turn back. And you know, I think I missed two innings of the Giants game, and I was a better man for it. Um, but the Warriors are great. How about that? Um, Chris Stratton, he should be good. He was the Giants' first round pick in twenty twelve. He has not really come together in the way that we were hoping as an ace starting pitcher. Uh, but, you know, in ERAs in the high threes in the last uh, two years in AAA. He looked really good in three innings. He was mediocre last year out of the pen. Um, what do you think? I mean, he's supposed to be a starter. I don't think his role is in the bullpen. I'm not a big stuff guy. I don't know a lot about secondary pitches and plus or minus pitches, stuff like that. But I, I think he came up as a starter. I think that's where he's supposed to be. Yeah, he, he started every game in the minors, except for like five throughout the seven years he was there. Or the, I can't count how many years he was there, five years. Um, I mean, I think we need to have low expectations for this guy. Uh, I mean, and it's the same for Block. I mean, great prospect. We'll see. Well, that's the thing is, you know, we like Block because we we saw him come up and pitch really well. Uh, but national prospect rankings, including those of just the Giants, have, do not respect this guy. Do we just throw those out and say that we, we think Block is great? Or do we have to look at those rankings and think maybe we're being a little uh, overly optimistic based on, you know, recency bias, and he's not actually that good and we can't expect him to have a 106 ERA well I mean we've had a lot of prospects come up that didn't have the 
kind of national media credential that, you know, similar to Ty Block, you know, Mad Bum was a prospect, and then he slid down a bunch of people's lists when his velocity dipped before he hit the majors. And now look at him. You know, Pablo Sandoval, Grant Brisby mentions this all the time, wasn't a top 30 prospect in the giant system when he came up. So, you know, it doesn't really mean anything. We've actually seen Ty Block. Panic and Duffy. Yeah. We all, how's Duffy doing, by the way, in Tampa? Oh, he's been out with his Achilles injury this whole time. He's okay. still in the DL. Okay. I just hadn't checked. American League, oh my goodness. The last time I checked in on the American League, who knows? Um, uh, I have a trivia question for you, Danny. What, does Ty, what is Ty short for? Uh, let's Tyson? Yep, Tyson Michael Block. Nice. Um, you know, I think we need to keep our expectations measured about him, but I think that it's a fairly good bet he's going to be better than the national media thinks he is. Yeah, and I, all he has to do is be <laughs> similar in, in you know, how he pitches to Matt Cain, and he'll stay in the rotation because there's not anyone burning up the minor leagues right now ready to start. You know, Clayton Blackburn's no longer with the organization. Yeah, um, what's that about? That was like the world's worst uh, roster move. I mean, so Trevor Brown had like a sprained ankle. So when Posey went on the DL for a concussion, the Giants had no choice but to uh, DFA former top prospect Clayton Blackburn. And by former, I mean like last year, um, to call up Tim Fedorovich for literally like a week. And then they DFA'd him once again. Is that just like, you know, Bobby Evans and Brian Sabian have earned a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt, but... How is that defensible as a good move? I mean, they finally gave up. You know, he, he was waiting, he was coming, he was coming, and he was great, and then he wasn't so great, and he wasn't so great again, and never got his chance. You know, most minor leaguers, even if they are on prospect lists, lists don't get even a cup of coffee in the bigs, and he didn't really get his. Yeah. So he's you think, he, you think, he, you think uh, he's going to You think he's going to come back and bite the no. Giants? I don't. I mean, you think about, like, I don't know. We crit- People criticize front offices all the time. I mean, ourselves included. But what was, what was the last bad trade or bad cut you can remember the Giants making? Adam know? Duvall. Do you really think that Adam Duvall would be a fraction of what he's doing in Cincinnati if he were still in San Francisco? I don't. The man does not walk. And He, hit, he hits home runs on the road, too. Adam Duvall is doing what you should expect a one-tool player playing in Cincinnati to do, which is hit a lot of dongs. He does not; he would not be a good player in San Francisco. I, I'm certain of that. So in left field right now, you wouldn't throw Adam Duvall out there? Of course I would. But, <laughs> you know, would you rather have Zach Wheeler or not have Zach Wheeler? You know, but that's not fair. What you're saying is, was it worth the risk? And it was worth the risk because... What's the guy's name? Uh, the you know the the no strikeout pitcher they got for him. He was he was good for you know the time that they needed for him. Mike Leake, but but he wasn't. They, I don't think they're missing out on anything really big as a result. That, that's all I'm saying. Okay, I mean it's just tough to watch a guy hit thirty, forty home runs for another team when. Nobody on the Giants can hit 15, 20 
uh, season to season. So just tough to give up on power like that, especially when the guys you keep because of their power, Mac Williams and Jarrett Parker, haven't really shown it consistently at the big league level. Yeah, no, I mean, and there's no, I'm, I'm not disputing that it's frustrating. I'm just saying that uh, Adam Duvall has a 292 on base, or had a 297 on base last year. Like, you take away, and his 33 homers would not have played in San Francisco. You know, maybe he would have had 20. And if you have 20 with a, what would have been a much lower on base, you have 20 homers with a guy who's got a 275 on base. Like that's a below that's a below replacement level player. So you know, playing in band boxes can be really good for your career. And I hope Adam Duvall gets paid a lot of money. But I'm not calling that a, a, a missed move on the Giants' part. Nor am I saying that. I mean, you know, and when you look around, like, who have they really given away that has panned out? I mean, Heath Hembree is like a decent reliever in the Boston bullpen. Oh, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Zach Wheeler was the big mistake until he's been hurt. I mean, he hasn't pitched in two years. Uh, he's pitching he's, now. He's pitching now. He's pitching pretty badly now. But for two years before that, he, was, he wasn't pitching. You know, Melk, I mean, Melky. Oh, well, that's a whole different Is a story. whole other story. It's just yeah. so. So I don't like this move to DFA Blackburn, but. I have no evidence whatsoever that the Giants front office should be doubted, is what I'm saying. Okay, so the Giants are 6-13 and 13 as of this Sunday night that we're recording. They're last in the National League West. They just got swept by and the, the National Rockies. League. And the National League. They just got swept by the Rockies at Coors for the first time since 2002. Which I'm very surprised by, because I feel like the Giants always do terribly in Coors. You know. No, they always they always win the first game and then lose the next two or three. That's yeah, okay. So it, we're always leaving cores upset. Um, they're tied for their worst start in Giants history. Only 1983 did they go six and thirteen in the entire history of the organization. It goes back, I think, what 120 years. A lot of years. Ridiculous. I, I looked it up. That 1983 team finished 79 and 83. Which is pretty respectable for starting six and thirteen. You know they played above five hundred ball the rest of the season. Yeah, they had acquired Joel Youngblood. Uh, uh, this is a very fun Wikipedia page. They <laughs> traded they traded Joe Morgan to get um, uh, Mike Kruko, I believe, that year. So we at least have some guys around we could ask about that nineteen eighty three team. Yeah. Um, so uh, Madison Bumgarner's gone. Left field's a disaster. No one's pitching well, other than Matt Cain, who's showing in his staff that he's probably going to regress. What do we have to look forward to? Two words. Christian Arroyo. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Buster Posey. I mean, that's the thing. is you look, you look up and down this lineup, and, like, Panic is doing great. Belk is having a good year. Uh, Crawford has cooled off, but he was having a good year. Nunez has cooled off, but he was having a great year. Pence is having a great year. Posey's having a great year. You know, the guys who you would expect to play well are playing really well. You know, there isn't really a d- disappointment among them. Uh, the pitching staff, you know, has obviously been a lot worse. Uh, but Cueto is really the only guy that you expected to be like a top you know, however many, top 10, top 20 starting pitcher, and hasn't been. But it's just that the 
absolute zero they're getting of production out of out of the left out of left field and center field has just killed this team. Just so so span it. so span crashes into the wall the other day, makes a great catch, and leaves the game, uh, and then is out. Obviously today Sunday's game going to be reevaluated. Not sure if he's going to hit the DL or not. But at that point, Pence had been out with a, a right knee bruise, so he was sitting just that day. But in the outfield at that moment was Gorky's Hernandez um, and a bunch of guys I don't know. Right. Oh, so Eduardo Nunez moved to left field and then to right field. On, to right field and then who on God's green earth was playing left? I can't even remember. Chris Marrero. Who, Chris Marrero. Oh, my goodness. Who I couldn't, just, hit his, couldn't hit his way out of the stadium. Chris Marrero is, uh, well, first of all, he runs like a Molina. And... Uh, <laughs> I think he was a first-round pick back in the day. He's bad. He's he's just, you know, ever since probably we talked to Hank Schulman, I haven't enjoyed calling players back because these are still like the, you know, some of the best baseball players in in the universe. So let me let me qualify this. He's not a major league player. He is not good enough to be on the, in the majors, and he should not be on this team. Um, Chris Marrero is batting a cool 135 on the year. He's a 391 OPS. Which, uh, if you want the math, is five for thirty-seven. With oh yeah, two walks. no, I I ran the math, Danny. I ran the math on Jarrett Parker, Chris Moreau, and Gorky's Hernandez, because those are the guys who have been outfielders playing the majority of time in left field. I'm not counting Nunez, Belt, and Hill as left fielders because the fact that they're out there is an embarrassment on the level of Travis Ishikawa. Oh, never mind. Um, that one worked <laughs> out. That but I ran the out. numbers. Those three guys combined on the season, no matter where they played, are 11 for 92. That's a 120 batting average, and the combined they total three extra base hits. It's a bad. Home. It's really bad. It's one of the worst positions in baseball. So, you know, you look at, like, so you have to ask yourself, should the Giants have done something over the offseason to handle left field? And the obvious answer seems to be yes, but what could they have done, right? Um, I still maintain that if you took a guy who, whose main skill is hitting it out of the park and you put him in, the, in AT&T, he would be probably a below-average player. But was there somebody out there who we're just not seeing who would have been good? I mean, I was, I was, <laughs> I was in an A's Mariners game recently. Because you can get lower box seats for $12, let me tell you. And the A's have Rajay Davis right now. I mean, Rajay Davis would look great on the Giants right now. He'd be the, the second best outfielder on that team. How sad. I mean, am I just... Well, how, Nori Aoki would be the second or third best outfielder on this team. Yeah, he absolutely would be. Now, you know, I'm still hopeful that Mac Williamson is going to come back and he's going to take over left field and he'll be, you know, not great, but he'll be a good defender. Uh, he's been a pretty good on-base guy in the minors. I mean, he's been a pretty good everything guy in the minors. He hasn't really shown it in his time in the majors yet, but but there's no way he could be worse than Chris Marrero. Here, here's what happened, Danny. Last season, the way the narrative played out, uh, in the second half of the season, and then in that last inning that they played against Chicago, fix the bullpen, fix the bullpen, fix the bullpen, fix the bullpen. So they did that. But we don't even need a good bullpen right now because we can't get a lead and we can't keep it uh, into the sixth inning. 
So the thing that we paid the most money for, Mark Melanson, in the offseason, has been a moot point for three-fourths of the games that we've played this season. Yeah. So I mean, we, we, we played, don't even get to see we we've played see 19 games, and Melanson has pitched in five of them. Yeah, we don't. That's a yeah, three fourths. Like I said, our big shiny new toy. We don't even get to play because there's nobody in left field that can hit a peanut. So we have Williamson coming back. I mean, he's already rehabbing. So he should. I mean, I don't see any way that he doesn't get immediately bumped up to the majors. The the instant he's healthy, right? I mean, Bumgarner's bump punishment for this injury should be he now plays left field. <laughs> He can throw with his right arm. I, no, not right now. When he comes back. Oh, like, sure. Okay. You have to. You have to do a tour of duty. Like, it's like getting drafted into Nam. It's like you're going to do two tours of duty in left field this year. Punishment, because dang, at least he can hit home runs. I mean, I'm just looking at the forty man roster, and the only other position players who are not either on the DL or pitchers. Uh, or, or not, or in the majors rather, are Kelby Tomlinson, uh, Orlando Kalik. I have never seen Kalik's Day. Kalik's Day. Have you heard of this person before? I have. Uh, and Miguel Gomez, who I've also not heard of. I mean, none of these are prospects. Kalik's uh, Day is, uh, I believe, a prospect. Kalik's Day is twenty-five. I mean, uh, you were just talking about um, who were you just talking about? Who was twenty six? Uh, Ty Block. Ty Block's twenty six. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Matt Mac Williams is like twenty nine. Yeah, Kalikste has been terrible, terrible in the minors. But you know, you never know. I but like, where where are the random Andres Torreses and Gregor Blancos, and why can't they pick up any of them this year? I mean, I guess that it's hard to hit on an NRI, but did they just drop the ball? Have we been getting lucky every year and just not really appreciating that? Yes, Danny, that's exactly what's been happening. It's, hold, it's holding on to guys like Gorkis, who had a great spring training two years ago, and they decided to hang on to him for some reason. You know, it's putting a lot of vested interest in a Jarrett Parker and Mac Williamson, who have been a combination of not that good and hurt. You know, that's our entire outfield. If you throw in the, the regular starters, Pence and Span, that's all five outfielders on the roster. Uh, I guess Marrero is Marrero's technically an infielder they're putting in left. Aaron Hill's an infielder they're putting in left. Gillespie, God forbid he ever ends up in left field. <laughs> Brandon Belt <laughs> playing playing in his, I believe, 59th game in left field today, uh, immediately gets tested and can't throw someone out from medium depth because he doesn't have an outfielder's arm. It's just embarrassing. I mean, not to mention that left is supposed to be one of your power positions. Well, and it is a belt out there, but just defensively, it doesn't make any sense. It's, I mean, it, it, just to add insults to injury, I, I like the jokes that our friend Grant was making. Uh, I think it was during yesterday's games, and it was something really effective. Uh, you know, I, I know you have to take the, the offensive hit for Marrero and... Corkies, but that's just what you have to do to get their defense out there. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then they both made terrible defensive plays, and he said, "Well, I know you have to, you know, take the take the defensive hit, but that's what you have to do to get their offense out there." And it's what's, like, what's it, Manny Ramirez up to? 
I mean, what's Barry Bonds up to? Did he play like a 55 or whatever year old Barry Bonds would be a, would be better and left than... Yeah, I'm looking for a list online of the current unsigned Major League Baseball players or anyone we can grab from someone else's AAA or... I don't know how that goes. I'm not that <laughs> much of a professional scout or front office executive, but I no, know. No, don't sell yourself how, short, Thomas. I don't know how to find one on Google. There has to be. I, I mean, I'm not one of those fans who's like, well, then just trade for Mike Trout. Um, but mean, we, looking, we should consider that if that's an option. There, there are people you can poach from other teams, um, but usually that's the, 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 the basement dwellers that use the Rule 5 draft to, you know, buy lottery tickets so that their future they can maybe someday have somebody worth their salt but uh we don't really have the roster spot for that you know we're still holding on to kyle crick hoping hoping he can stop walking me and you and your mom i mean maybe if if this series didn't do it then i don't what what would it take to to just clean house and cut um and uh Marrero. I mean, is there nobody in the system who they could call up? I, I, I mean, that might just be the case. I mean, now now you're in my wheelhouse because I definitely know how to look up the Fresno or uh, they're not Fresno anymore, <laughs> are they? The River Cats roster. Gosh, man, I had a flashback there. So what, hold on. Well, let's let's just look. Like, obviously, this whole offensive slump has combined with. Christian Arroyo hitting like 1,200 in in uh, Sacramento right now. Whoa, Danny, I just found out something awesome. What? Do you know who the hitting coach for the Sacramento River Cats is? Steve Decker? I don't know. Damon Miner. <laughs> Tiny Miner? Tiny Miner. Ah, oh, that's great. All right, um, so uh, Kalik, you're, I was wrong. Kalikste is an outfielder. Um, he's down there. They're waiting on Morse to get healthy or, or decent. Um, uh, Justin Ruggiano, Austin Slater, Drew Stubbs. So they have compiled a bunch of outfielders who are essentially lottery tickets or quadruple-A players that and, could possibly come up. Um, and what's the, only the deal ones with on those the, guys? Well, the only ones on the 40-man are Kalikste and Mac Williamson. So they would have to clear another spot to put Stubbs, Slater, Ruggiano, or Morse on the roster. Which would be, like you said, DFA and Gorkis or, um, you know, clearing out Marrero um, or one of these pitchers I can't name. Well, so here, I mean, I'm asking you as, as a pundit, oh. what, how much more leash do these guys get? Uh, I'm, I'm done with Gorkis. Um, I, he can have a nice career. It's what, what my boss is say at my job is. It sounds like it's time for him to be successful somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's, he was always billed as a glove first guy, and he's made some terrible plays recently. I mean, you know, Drew, Drew Stubbs. Let's let's see what Drew Stubbs can do. Drew Stubbs has been a replacement level. Major leaguer before in his career sounds am- sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, well, so what I was here the the line I was going down before is that Christian Arroyo through through uh, yesterday's games, Christian Arroyo was batting four twenty four, four sixty six seventy eight in Sacramento. He is, uh, I believe, playing the vast majority of his time at third. But 
as we saw before, I mean, at least in the case of an emergency, Bochi is willing to put Nunez in the outfield. Is there any chance this guy gets called up? Like, should they call him up? I mean, he's 22, which is, you know, means that he's not necessarily done developing. But, but no, the answer is no. Why not? Because it's hard enough for a guy to adjust to major league pitching for the first time coming up uh, with a with a regular job. It's another thing to expect him to adjust to major league pitching at the plate and learn a new position on the fly. That's a lot. No, I'm saying put Arroyo at third and Nunez in the outfield. It's kind of the same thing. Like you're asking Eduardo Nunez to learn a new position on the fly, one that he's never really trained for his entire life. So, well, question and one I, is what are they going to do? And question two, I mean, aside from trading Arroyo, which I think would bring out the pitchforks, and question two is what will they do ever? Because Nunez is cheap and he's the kind of guy that, Bochi and Sabian and Evans seem to like, so you have to imagine that they would try to retain him after this year. But what? I mean, if Nunez is the is the the permanent third baseman, he's Arroyo's certainly not going to displace Crawford or Panic or Belt. So either one either one of them becomes an outfielder, or Arroyo's just a really good trade chip. Well, I mean, Nunez is an unrestricted free agent after this season, so you know, they'll probably cut him loose. You know, they traded to get him because they needed some depth in the infield and needed a everyday starter at third for a season and a half, and they got it. He's basically a bridge to what they hope is going to be Christian Arroyo. I just don't see them jumping the gun, bringing up Arroyo just to put Nunez in left field. Um, that doesn't seem like a long-term solution for the for an entire season. Well, if the Giants then just don't care about Nunez's you know, future, basically, to put too fine a point on it. Um, just put Nunez in the outfield and say, you're going to learn this or you're not going to be able to find a job next year. And then that's not true at all. He's going to be able to find a job at his natural positions, short and third, just with somebody else is what I'm saying. But you also don't want to have an infielder in the outfield. That's not solving any of the problems. So what's the, what's the solution here? We're waiting on Morse or Stubbs or Austin Slater to see which one is the most ready, then make a roster move and try to get replacement-level value out of left field. Because that's the problem. You said, oh, Drew Stubbs has been a replacement level. That's good. We yeah. need replacement level. I meant that as a right. compliment. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant it as an insult. No. I would kill for replacement level right now. It's like that scene in Moneyball when they're like, who's that? And it's like, good, he sounds like an Oakland A already. <laughs> I mean, you know, the whole concept of replacement level is that you have to, is that there's someone out there who you could put there as a replacement. Yes, and we're looking not, at them. That's clearly not, you know, proven out to be the, play, be the case. But we're, we're down to the replacement. So, yeah, Ruggiano, Moore, Slater, Stubbs. That's what we're looking at. Right. I mean, those are also all guys who couldn't find jobs elsewhere or didn't find jobs elsewhere. You know, Morris was a below below replacement level the last time he was in the majors. I mean, I think as were as was Ruggiano. I mean, Slater. For some reason, I can't. I don't have the uh, roster in front of me, but but I mean, Slater is a non-prospect who's 24 and just hasn't really done anything yet. So, who are you counting on? The guy who is coming up and who was a 44th round pick and then an eighth round pick, or somebody who's you know already proven that they can't hack it in the majors. 
I want somebody who's proven they can't hack it in the majors who's not Gorgis Hernandez. <laughs> Is that yeah. enough? Yeah, I mean, that's probably right, you know. Okay, so we, we've looked at the past. The first 19 games have been awful. The headlines can't be worse. Um, our all-world pitcher is gone. The outfield's a mess. One of our best signings from two years ago is a mess. Uh, our best signing this offseason is, you know, incomplete. Um, you know, TBD, because we haven't even had a lead in a while. It's pitched in five games. So, going forward, seven games in the next ten days against the Dodgers. This is huge. You mean the third place LA Dodgers? The third place LA Dodgers. Now I don't. I'm not scoreboard watching at this point in the season. I'm not checking in the stats of how Paul Goldschmidt's hitting or Robbie Ray is pitching or you know who, what a John Gray is. You know I'm not at that point <laughs> in the season yet. Um, but I do worry about the team I thought was going to win the division going into this season, which was the Dodgers. And regardless of where they are now or where we are now, seven games in ten days sounds like something that could swing a division at the end of the season. We're talking about, hey, man, remember when we won six of seven from the Dodgers back in April and May? That was nice. That got us rolling. You know, so this could be that set of series. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. My question is... Um, You know, all of last year, when they were in their death spiral, I kept thinking, this team is still good. I still believe in the guys on this team. There's no reason why they should be playing this poorly. One day, they'll just snap out of it. Obviously, that just didn't happen, you know? Well, there was a reason they were playing that poorly, and it was Santiago Casilla. Right. But one one relief pitcher is not enough to swing a team over two months. The way that Were you, were you not watching? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was bad. The entire bullpen was bad. What know? did they get? What, what did they give up? Eleven, twelve leads last year in, in a in a eight week period. I mean, we were in this situation where we, everyone, including ourselves, kept saying, "There's no way that Casilla should keep being the closer." And then Black, uh, and then uh, uh, Strickland would come in and give up, you know, two two back to back homers, and then Law would come in and walk three guys and. Maybe Casillas should be the guy. I mean, they're just. I mean, you were there. It was it was awful, and it was awful from everybody involved. So I don't really buy that one guy can do that. And that's what we talked about, where we said, okay, getting Melanson doesn't fix everything because you have to get to the bullpen, you have to get to the closer in order to actually win games, and the Giants haven't done that this year. So do you think the Giants do or should make a trade? No. It's. I mean, it's too early to tell. Where are we at? Where are we at in June? Where are we at at the end of June? Dictates whether or not they're going to make a trade. You, you know, know, the Giants sport. have historically not made deadline deals as sellers, even in their bad years. Um, yeah, and I don't believe they would be this year. When you have a core of MVPs and World Series MVP, when you have this kind of core, you don't really retool and deal at the deadline, and you have a big bank account. Right, I just mean that if we could trade something like Nunez, <laughs> you know, at the, at the what deadline. Getting, what are you getting for half a season of Nunez? A surprisingly good haul. I mean, if, if No, you're not going to get a surprisingly good haul for half a season of a utility infielder who steals some bases. Yeah. 
I, I just... If the Giants are going to be making trades, it's going to be to acquire assets, not to deal them. Right. That's the way. That's the way they operate when you have a big checking account and uh, a team that's built to win. Right. But I'll tell you that the problem is that you look at a lot of these teams that look in their minor league system and they have exciting prospects to call up, and the Giants have none of those. You know, their entire core is what, what were the exciting prospects they got, but. Oh, Craig, Craig Most just walked, teams. walked both of your parents again in consecutive at-bats. What? Kyle Crick just walked both of your parents in consecutive at-bats <laughs> while you were talking. So have the Giants just not drafted well recently? I mean, it looked like they had a lot of bullpen and pitching depth, and just none of it's come to fruition. You know, what is it, 10 staff? There's no such thing as a pitching prospect. You know, so much of the Giants' farm value, which they were a top 20 uh, at their peak, you know, farm system, which isn't great to start with, and most of it was pitching, and none of it's really come to fruition. Yeah. When you see when you see a guy like Crick fail, when you see Clayton Blackburn DFA, you know, that's two of the three best pitching prospects they've had the last five seasons. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, what if they had held on to Wheeler and he were just hurt the whole time? I mean, that's a what if you don't really need to play. Just know that, you know, 10 of the best 15 prospects in the Giants system the last few years have been pitchers, and no one's really come up and made a statement. I mean, the best one we've had, you know, hopefully is Block. Maybe it's Derek Law. Um, well, and that's, the, the one we haven't talked about is Tyler Beattie, who's, right. who's been great, you know, and he's probably a year away from being a top two or three starting pitcher if we're being optimistic yes but the, the problem with the Giants is they really need to win now because Johnny Cueto is not going to be here next year um, and that's a big part of what the Giants are able to offer is that one-two punch at the top of the rotation so you don't think so you don't think they re-sign him no he's gonna opt out and won't wait too much money well of course of course he'll opt out but they might just re-sign him is my point yeah but he'll he, I mean they'll have a one in 30 chance of re-signing him I wouldn't be surprised if mid-season they announce that they've bought they've uh, you know bought out his option basically. I would be very surprised. I don't think he cares where he pitches. Yeah, I mean, the the look at his Instagram account. That man <laughs> needs that man needs money. I think if if uh, I think if the team is doing well, then they'll have a much better chance of bringing him back. So let's just do well. Okay. That's what, 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 do you, what, do you, what do you think about this running trend of the Giants not having any ninth-inning comeback since 2015? It's pretty bad, man. It's almost impossible to do. Like, how, how do you not back into a ninth-inning win? Like, How do you not have one of those weird games where it's like a walk, bunt, infield single, balk, like a ninth-inning comeback? Like, How does that not happen? You know... Uh, it would be easy to form some sort of narrative and say it means they lack heart or whatever or, you know, stick to I have no idea. I mean, I, it might just, be, might just be random. It might be that they keep putting really bad guys at the top of their lineup and the result of that is that the guys who are getting the fourth and fifth at-bats in the game are the worst players on the team. Um, it might be that most ninth inning comebacks are because of home runs, and the Giants just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. that's a very good point. 
Um, yeah, what do they have? 13 home runs on the season, I think, and and some, the Milwaukee Brewers have like 33. I mean, Eric Thames has probably practically 13 home runs on the season. <laughs> the River Thames. Yeah, uh, that's gonna end up being interesting, but. I, I have no idea. I mean, the Giants knew that they wouldn't have any home runs this year. That's just not what they do. And I'm okay with them not doing it because, you know, I'd much rather they they build their team according to their ballpark than build their team based on what they think their ballpark should be. Um, I mean, ignoring their ballpark. Uh, so, but, you know, then you look at, like, yeah, they have 13 home runs. That's bad. And... You know, I'm guessing, and how many of the, those have they hit in the in the last week? Uh, Belt smacked a, a big one this week, that 456 foot homer. So that adjusted nice 380 game. in San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> depends on the wind, but yeah, they're not a high powered offense. You know, they're gonna yeah, they have know, two hit, in the last week. They're gonna hit for decent average when you think about you know Pence, Panic, and Posey. Um, gonna have a little speed if you talk about Span and Nunez, and you know Belt's got good OBP, but the power is not coming, and it's not in the system. You know Parker and Williamson, I'm I'm giving up on ever having 25 home run seasons um, due to health reasons and strikeouts. <laughs> I mean they're just doing everything poorly, you know. And if you look at their splits over the last seven days and 14 days, I mean it's not like they've ever wavered on this, you know. They're their OPS as a team in the last seven days was 6.04, and their la- their OPS in the last 14 days was 6.08. You know, it's this is their team, and unless they flick a switch and all of a sudden remember that they're a good team, then they're just going to keep doing that. I mean, then again, if you look at your your best players have OPSs in the high sevens and 800s, and then you have guys who have OPS is in the low 500s and high 300s. I mean, who were negatives on defense, then you need to shake it up. And I think that that's, you know, I think once Williamson comes back and Morse, uh, who's getting over an injury, and like you mentioned, Stubbs and Slater. I mean, Slater had a really good year in AAA last year. Here's the the issue. Yeah. When you're average dependent defensively steady second baseman is leading your team in OPS, you're in trouble. You know, I'm looking, I just pulled up a random team. I pulled up the Oakland A's, you know, and I see, I sorted by OPS at the top of their uh, stat, 63 at-bats Chris Davis has had. He has an OPS of 1,016. In 48 at-bats, Yonder Alonso has an OPS of 933. Well, it's easy when you you play in a, you know, park like Oakland. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Good comparison. Um, no one has come out of the gate with like unsustainable stats. Everybody who is contributing right now is contributing pretty much where they're supposed to contribute. Yeah, that's not how that's not how baseball works. You don't go out and play the same every day. You know, you're supposed to have a week where Buster Posey looks like a demigod. You're supposed to there's supposed to be a week where uh, you can't keep Hunter Pence off the base paths, or, or a week Brandon Belt hits three home runs. You know, it's just not happening. They're just slowly and steadying themselves to mediocrity. Right. But the thing is that 
there's a lot about baseball that's not just getting on base that has to do with scoring. You know, it it's cluster luck where if you well, I can think of I can think of a word that's one letter off from that when I would describe <laughs> this season. <laughs> you know, if it, you can get nine, you can get nine hits in a game and score zero runs. If you get one hit a game, uh, one hit an inning, you know. I mean, you could get 18 hits in a game and pretty realistically not score a run. If you... Can some of them be home runs, please? Well, no, not not for the Giants. Oh. The problem is that when you have guys who are contributing negative on offense, then it's basically, you know, and for some reason, Bochy's still putting Gorkis or Span at, at leadoff, even though they are contributing nothing. But basically, you've got from two to five, and that's where you're scoring your runs. Maybe six if Crawford is in a good week, right? So if mm-hmm. Panic, Belt, Posey, and Pence can't score you eight runs, then you're not scoring eight runs. You're not scoring one run. And you need, you know, when the Giants have done well in previous years, around this core, it's been because they find guys who can play well who you didn't expect to play well. I mean, and and that's how teams that aren't the Cubs and aren't the Astros and don't have, you know, a million top 20 prospects do it, is that they have some really good players and then they just kind of cast around until they find somebody else to do it. And so I think that you and I are in agreement here that the way the Giants are going to turn back into a good team, if they do turn back into a good team, is they're going to keep a revolving door of DFAs and calling up washed-up major leaguers and non-prospect minor leaguers until some of them end up going Jeremy Lin, and you just, you know, you find somebody who is actually better than you thought. And then, that, just, and then they're going to contribute, and then you can kind of move on to the next position. I just if they can't hear, find anyone, then they're probably not going to ever get over this slump. I just want to hear Dwayne Kuyper call him Michael Morris one more time. <laughs> Right, and Morse. I mean, I somehow didn't mention Morse. On that note, Danny, I think that's all we have for today. Are we angry enough? I'm not angry. I'm I'm chilling. Uh, it's early, but it's definitely hard to get through a game down six nothing in the fifth inning. I I I'm a huge fan, as you know, and as are you. But it's just it's spirit crushing. It you is. Know? Especially with how well the Warriors are doing and how interesting that Oklahoma City-Houston series is. And now the Grizzly-Spurs are tied 2-2. There's just there's more compelling television than the San Francisco Giants right now. And yeah. I, can't, I can't dedicate myself to watch them lose 8-2, 6-0, 12-3. I can't do it. I can't get through those games because they're painful. So let's do the really fun thing where we predict what's going to happen over the next seven days. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Can you tell me the uh, tell me the lineup, the schedule, the schedule. So I know they go in, I believe, for four against the Dodgers, or yeah, one, two, yeah, four against the Dodgers Monday through Thursday, and then home, still stay at home for the Padres Friday through Sunday. Um, four and three. That's what I was going to say, too. I, I mean, 4-3 is, like, as optimistic as I can get. That would get us to 10 wins. Yeah. That would get us in the double ditch, so I would take it. But I would hope that all four of them came against the Dodgers. Christian and I went 4-6 for six today. 
Oh, yeah, one guy we didn't mention was uh, Jaguan Hung Huang. I couldn't say his name, so I didn't bring him up. <laughs> uh, who, you know, the uh, Korean third baseman who is, has apparently been playing everywhere, probably in anticipation of coming up and having to fill in every random position. You know, he's another guy who could come up and contribute. I mean, he's a big power guy. All right, Danny. So we'll be happy with a four-win week. We'll be disappointed with a three-win week. And those are our parameters for our expectations. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, We hope to do this more often than we have been, which, you know, would would not be hard. (laughs) Well, I'm off on Sundays now, Danny, so I think we're going to be able to put this together. Okay, let's do it. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Check us out. Send us emails at giantspod at gmail.com. Check me out on Twitter, GiantsPod. Thomas is Giants Todd with two uh, D's. I've tweeted once this year. Giants Todd. And uh, yeah, please go and leave us a comment or a review on iTunes. Let us know uh, if you have any questions for next week. And thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Go Giants. Go Giants.